0: To get started visit plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss this is women
1: in leadership podcast featuring success insights from women around the globe now over to your host Anne marie cross and welcome to another episode of women in leadership podcast brought to you by the influence alliance which is the membership program specifically for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while also launch and grow a successful podcast so that they can make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says this, spend more time being yourself Spend less time fixing yourself. And joining me on today's show is Dr. Aaron N. Reeves, JD and PhD. She's also a bestselling author and internationally acclaimed speaker, globally sought after expert on the neurobehavior of inclusion. Equity and diversity. She's also an advisor to a robust list of Fortune 550 companies, law firms, government agencies, educational institutions, and individual leaders. She's passionate about forging more equitable and dynamic organizations. She's the founder and managing director of Nexons LLC, a leading research and consulting firm which specializes in enhancing workplaces. Now, on the pulse of critical issues, She's Dr. Rees has designed and has led comprehensive research projects on topics that include gender equity, racial and ethnic justice, generational differences, cultural change and integration. And she's also the author of a new book, In Charge, the energy management guide for badass women who are tired of being tired. How many of us can relate to that? Now, specifically on today's show, she's going to talk about these things, the difference between time management and energy management, how to use principles to enhance your lives so that you're not tired all of the time. She's going to talk about, you know, that feeling of exhaustion that you get. Well, that is valid. It is not in your head. She's also going to talk about why we should laugh a little, learn some ways to add laughter and joy into our lives. So welcome to the show, Dr. Reeves.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You are so welcome. I cannot wait to dive in and talk about uh, all of the things around energy, around the studies that you've done, the research that you've done, because I'm sure we can all agree there are times, and that's I've been speaking to a number of women now over the last number of months, and they feel themselves getting even more exhausted. They're tired
0: of being tired. I'm sure you hear that a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's this, there's um, one of the things when I started researching this book um, that I started discovering is there's a difference between being tired and being exhausted and being burned out. Right. And um, I think women are very quick to say, I'm tired, but you know, you're tired after you've had a long day at work. That's not what's happening to women. Um, Women are going to bed every night with an energy deficiency right like you had less energy that day than you spent Mm -hmm. so you wake up with less energy than you need for that day and it just keeps going and that level of exhaustion isn't fixable by taking a shower or sleeping eight hours so some of those strategies that i think women you know are told to do to feel better don't fix what's wrong. There's a level of exhaustion that requires a much deeper level of um, both reflection and correction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: You know, one of the things that um, I think we're all becoming far more aware of now, and it's a good thing, is that our bodies can be such wonderful indicators of Something needs to change, and I know myself. If I'm tired or I'm feeling run down, if I don't do something to replenish that, whether it be physical, and I know you're going to talk about certain things that we can start doing, I can open myself up to becoming sick. It normally starts in the throat, and because I do a lot of speaking, that's where I find that goes. And I also tend to be more introverted, which means if I've done a, what I call a lot of peopling, my energy <laughs> can tend to drain too. I need to spend time on my own. I think as women. We need to understand, don't we, how do I tick? Uh, What depletes my energy and what restores my energy? So let's talk a little bit. What is the difference between that time management and energy management that we need to know?
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, before I talk about that, I want to talk a little bit about what you said too, like your body will tell you. But here's the thing that women, we really need to just put our arms around. Before our body tells us, our emotions tell us right so somebody pisses you off way before you get that headache like when you talk about your your throat kind of hurting it's there's a part of you it's really getting in touch with how our emotions start feeling too there's a part of you that starts feeling panicky way before like your throat starts hurting there's a part of you that feels angry way before your head starts hurting and Women, I think, are socialized to ignore our emotions because we're supposed to take care of everybody else's emotions, right? And so when we have these emotions of you are really irritating me or you're pissing me off or didn't I ask you to do this six times already? Like when you have that emotion coming up and you can't do anything with it, well, the next step is your body is going to then house that emotion, right? Like it is going to take a part of it and say, well, honey, this emotion that you've been ignoring—this is where it's going to sit. It's going to sit as a migraine, an ulcer, you know, a cold, um, etc. And I think, in, you know, energy management—one way to think about it is—it's about paying attention to your emotions, right? So, imagine that you had a call—a um, one-hour call. A time management perspective would say, okay, well, that's sixty minutes—not a big deal. Well, imagine if the call was with someone that was so negative, that was irritating as shit, like didn't do anything that you asked them to do, um, expected you to do all the work, like violated every boundary you've set. Well, how you feel at the end of the 60 minutes has a huge impact on the rest of the day. So if you had, say, you're a writer and you set a goal to write five pages, it's going to take you longer to write five pages after that call right? Um, you're probably going to choose something unhealthy to eat after that call because your body is going to crave something to feel better instead of to to, to feel nourished. Um, the whole day, it's going to take you longer to do what you need to do. So 60 minutes isn't 60 minutes, right? 60 minutes of something where you talk to somebody who's positive, who's joyful, who makes you laugh, and you get off of that call and everything you do the rest of the day goes better and faster. And you actually end the day feeling really good. And so a productive day isn't automatically a bad day. It, it isn't an exhausting day. You can have a really productive day and feel really good at the end of the day if you manage your energy. So if you have that call with the terrible person who drained your energy, one, don't have another call like that that day, right? Yes. Two, if you can, don't talk to this person in the future. Um, <laughs> don't bring them back. <laughs> exactly, right? Or like you say, okay, well, I didn't have a choice. That, Well, then now you know, okay, my energy is low. So what do I need to do? Like maybe it is call your best friend. Maybe it is go for a walk. But you need to immediately say, my energy went like this. I need to do something to pull it back up or I'm going to operate the rest of the day over here, right? Which is yeah, not not sense. happy. It's a... Exactly. We have better radars about our energy level. We're just, we don't always give ourselves permission to fix it. Yeah, I mean, know- you, you,
1: yeah you brought up a great uh, point there. And I'd love to, to dive into that a little bit deeper around boundaries. Because so often as women, what we do, we have that nurturing nature, don't we? And we want to, you know, a lot of people can resonate and say, well, I'm a people person. I, I like lo- I like to help people. But if we do that at the detriment of our own energy and our own emotions, um, let's talk a little bit about boundary. In your research, the women that you spoke to, could you then track back to a lot of the instances where they were now dealing with, you know, that low energy and so forth, was able to be backtracked by boundaries that maybe had what established, but leaky boundaries, people kept demanding kept and therefore people, all right, paved in. What, what sort of findings did you have around boundaries? Do we need to get clearer on them and more assertive in, in maintaining those boundaries?
0: So, that you know, one of the interesting things is um, if you Google how to set better boundaries or how to set boundaries, you get like 250 million hits, right? Mm -hmm. But if you Google uh, how to respect people's boundaries, you get like two hits. Um, And the truth is that women know how to say no, yeah. Um, But a woman's no is not accepted as a no, whether it is her body, it is her time, it is her energy when you say no men and women don't always take it as a no right so women have these like internal calculations we're running where you go well okay let me figure out what is it going to take for me to keep saying no and it may actually take less energy for me to just say screw it i'll do it like i don't want to deal with it anymore so part of the problem is like women women are not irrational creatures Right, we're not setting boundaries, having them broken, and going, "Oh, well, I don't know what happened. I'm just okay being miserable." Women's boundaries are consistently um, just—they're plundered. They're not like you know, kind of slowly like leaked. Yeah. And so, part of it is, and I think this is what's leading to a lot of women leaving their workplaces too, is if you if you do that, you've got to ask yourself, what is the price that you're paying? to have your boundaries constantly violated, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's your children, it's one thing, right? They'll grow out of it. Um, If it's your employer, you gotta ask yourself, what are you staying there for? Because whatever success you're eking out of there, you're paying such a heavy price for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and I think after the pandemic, Women saw that. And when their employers said, right back to the workplace, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, they were like, no, thank you. Because I know what it feels like to not have my boundary violated. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to go back to that. Right. So I would say for women, like sometimes you don't have a choice. Um, you may not have the privilege to walk away from it, you may not have mm-hmm. the power to stop it, but know that it's not you. Like it's not yeah. you don't yeah. need to learn to set a boundary. You're just working with an asshole who doesn't know how to respect your boundary and just go, okay, so that's what it is. And then really ask yourself, can you find a way to shield yourself from, um, from, from the cost? And if not, even if you have to take a little bit of a pay cut, even if you have to have a longer commute, right? Like these are the things we may want to avoid may be better yeah. you don't have to deal with this. So you have to ask yourself, like, what is the cost of this? And are right. you willing- what is it costing me? And
1: and often when we have to ask that question, it's the underlying cost that we often don't consider. You know, as I hear you speak ab- about that, I mean, I I don't know, I must have just been born with this gene because I remember even when I was a teenager, I, w- we, I worked in a small um, office and we had um, a sales manager come in who came from a large company. And he, from that company, had a lot of, um, you know, receptionists and and um, uh, secretaries and so forth. Now, I was the youngest. I was only 18 or 19 at the time. And so, we had to do a lot more, which is what I loved to do. So, when he came in, and said, could you ring such and such for me? And I just stopped and laughed. I used humour to kind of break the state. And I go, why? Is your dialing finger on strike? And he kind of went, and I go, and he goes, Oh, can I make my own phone calls here? Can I? And I go, You certainly can. There's the phone. And then off I went. And, it, you know, sometimes it is, you can use things like that, I think, to, to address. But one of the key things that you said, we have to ask ourselves, don't we, is what's happening. Can, how am I contributing to that? Let your no be no. And I'm sure we've all heard that saying, uh, no is a sentence. We don't have to validate why we can't do something. And is it because maybe they know, well, if I know that I keep pushing, she'll cave in. Um, do we just have to say no, that's it, and and not do it? What, what have you found? You
0: know, I think it is, um, I think people know who to push, you okay. know, and I think... Um, when, when I, you know, coaching all of the different women that I've coached over the years, there are some women that people don't mess with in workplaces yeah. because they make it very clear, like you will leave hurt. Like, you know, and it yeah. is it's just like- It's just your attitude, isn't it? It's just, nope, and yeah. yeah. But, so there what are, do do but they do target me? women. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who want to run this kind of bullshit, they target women whose personality it is not to that or who don't have a choice. Right. Yeah. Like they may not they may not be able to take the risk of getting fired if it's a single mom or you know, something like that. And I think you know, people who are bullies, um, who I mean, and that is a it's bullying behavior to it not is. respect somebody's boundary. That's it. Yeah. Like it's not bad workplace behavior, it is bullying behavior. Bullies know how to target people who are more vulnerable. Um, and this is where I really think, like I talk about community in my book, mm-hmm. um, women have to step up for other women. That's just like, I just going to say, I, if we
1: see that happening and we absolutely. don't beside her and say, actually, no, that is not right. And and as you said, I love the, the saying that you had, if we don't put her our, our arms around her and say, hey, we've got you, you know what I mean? I remember years ago, back in that same workplace, we had someone, I won't say what, what nationality she came from, but a nationality that really treated their wives and women with complete disrespect. And he marched into the do- you know the door and said, I want to speak to my wife. And I just looked at it because I knew exactly, because, you know, you just pick up on these things. I said, well, let me be back and see if she'd like to speak with you, you know, because we've just got to stand up for these women and, and individuals who we see are being targeted
0: by these bullies. You know? Absolutely. And every single one of us has needed um our our you know community of women to come in and support us at different times. I mean, I have a group of girlfriends where I may have something going on with a client where I will text them and I'm like, you guys, am I crazy? Like is this and they'll immediately say, you're crazy if you don't say da 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 to him. Yeah. And there's that I think as women, you know, we really need to take our role as um Part of other women's communities. And I know that, you know, when I'm in a restaurant, for example, or in a store, I'm the customer and I have more power there. And if I see somebody treating someone badly, like, you know, a salesperson or, you know, a server, um, I'll immediately say, wow, I don't think I want to, to you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, support an establishment that treats people like that. Because that's, they hear that. They hear a customer walking out, right? And so, I think um, community is a big part of how women have to survive and how we have to take care of each other and um, how we step in. Because my strengths are, you know, they shine when I'm strong, but I have a lot of, you know, sort of soft places where I need other women to to be my support system. And we all have that. And I think we need to take that role really seriously. And we are going to rise together. Mm -hmm. Um, Women are not going to rise individually.
1: It's no, it, it's so important, isn't it? It really is. Um, it, we even had a couple of instances here um, in our state where two individuals, one, one a young boy and one a man, actually, um, at various train stations and so forth, that a group of bullies surrounded them and they cried out for help from other people. No one came to their aid. And it's like, why wouldn't they, sta- you know, and it's, to, to me, it's just mind boggling that someone wouldn't um, go and stand to someone's defence, you know, when they see that they're being bullied. Because, and then I love that you said, surround yourself with a community of people who have got your back and who are going to say, what you're going through is not right. Because what often a bully will do is turn it around so that, it makes you think that something is wrong with you, isn't it? And then you're sort of in your own head kind of contemplating, is it me that's doing that? And if you've got yeah, some absolutely. people who've got your back that says, no, no, what's happening is not right, then, um, then you know, because that is something that you're talking about energy too, isn't it? Because what we do are there emotions. I know myself, when a boundary is starting to be, um, y- you know, pushed against, I will think about that and I will have um, conversations yeah. about own head and that's when I know I need to take action because I do not like the amount of time that I'm spending.
0: Absolutely Uh, and you know I've told I've told women um, and men um, it takes as much energy to help someone as it does to walk away right and like I was and I understand some of the dangers sometimes like some of the stuff that you see in it it, there's a park outside my house um, and a few months ago there was a man getting extremely loud with this woman. And you could tell she was very scared. She was crying. Um And then I, I you know, she, he was holding, and she kept saying, ow, ow, like he was hurting her. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to go downstairs. And then so I, start, I got on the phone with a friend, and she goes, okay, well, you're walking into danger. And I said, no, I'm going to stay far enough away, but he's going to know I'm watching. So I was far enough away. He couldn't, he, by the time he caught me, I would have run. Like, I, we, I was fine. And, you know, he was like, what are you doing? And I said, I just happen to be here. And he said, well, this isn't your business. I said, this is a public park. I was like, I'm just here. He goes, well, look away, go look at something else. I'm like, no, I like looking at you. I'm going to just keep looking at you. And he got so distracted by me that he let her go. And I was like, and, you know, I was just kind of like doing this to her. So she kind of walked away and he was just like, it called me all kinds of names. I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. Mm Mm-hmm, and and so I didn't have to put myself in danger, but it's because if I had walked away, I would have thought about it the whole time anyway, right? So part of energy management is sometimes we say, well, I'm too scared to do that, but ask yourself, how much energy is it taking you to not do it? How much energy is it taking you to be silent? How much energy is it taking you to hold it all in? Because chances are really high that if you let it out and whatever circumstances come from that, they come, that still is going to take you less energy than holding it in um, and living your life from a place of holding everybody else's shit like in because you don't want to um, hurt feelings, etc. So hurt their feelings. Yeah, maybe they'll get over it. Maybe they won't. You know, maybe you'll have to leave your job. Maybe you won't. But the amount of energy that you have to expend to hold onto feelings that it's not that we're never yours to hold on to is too much
1: yes um, Yeah, and that whole storing and holding of of that, well, it is really negative energy, isn't it? Because it often will continue to um, manifest in in different ways. Like, you know, it then becomes anger and then um, we almost feel ashamed of ourselves. I knew, and and there's times and how many people have said, I thought of something to say, but it was like half an hour later because in the moment, some of us have have been um, born with the ability to come on straight back and kind of just stop it in its tracks. Um, But we hang on to that. And I think, you know, to be aware, if we can avoid those situations so that we don't cause those emotions that we carry around. But then when you talk about energy management too, I think it's also important that if you have been in that situation, and you gave a great example of you've just been on the phone. The conversation has brought up a whole lot of those negative emotions that's drained you. We need to be aware of what can I do to restore that so that I don't hang on to that? Because that will just fester there, won't it, if we keep hanging on to it? What are some things uh, that we can do that will alle- help alleviate that negative energy so that we can move through the day better?
0: Yeah, I mean... You know, think of it just as like a scale, right? Um, and like you're, if you if you put stuff on this part of the scale, um, it's just it's just pulling you down. And yes. sometimes you can't take stuff out here for whatever reason because it's already happened, etc. You need to focus on doing things that give you energy Um, like we've talked about, like boundaries, etc. Maybe maybe you can't do anything about people violating your boundaries. But you can do a lot about adding energy. Right. And so um, and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Um, Sometimes it's as simple as saying, you know, look at your calendar and say, oh, that call that's going to drain my energy like I can tell you right now. So I'm actually going to schedule a five minute call with my best friend right afterwards. I have calls with some of my girlfriends where I'm like, this is a venting call. I don't need this solved, et cetera. I have had calls where my friend has not said anything. I'm just yeah. like, I'm blah, 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 and I will just go for like five minutes. And she'll say, Erin, I know you. You can't possibly be done. And I'm like, you're right. And, and I'll <laughs> go a little bit longer. And she's like, are you done, honey? And I'm like, yeah, I feel much better now. so much better. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, I love you. I'll talk to you later, right? And that's it. Because it is like, it's all this stuff, I absorb stuff that wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. And I need to release it to somebody who I trust, who values my emotional health as much as I do, who's yeah. saying, honey, get it out. Cause she doesn't, she's not taking it personally. So she's not gonna carry it. And she's literally like, get it out, leave it there. Right? And I think that um, that kind of venting is really powerful. Uh, taking a walk. Um, I'm such a believer that you have to connect with nature. Um, there's something about nature that's not man-made, right? Um, mm-hmm. Whether when we're in our homes, we're surrounded by things that are human-made, and sometimes human-made things can comfort us. They can give us some pleasure, but there's something about just going and looking at a tree because it doesn't care what mood you're in. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to grow. It's going to do its thing, and It doesn't have to be like going to a forest. You could just go to a park, right? Go look at the sky, Um, but just remind yourself that this planet we're on has a rhythm to it that is gonna go on and you can tap into that force and fuel, right? Like the sun's gonna come up in the morning. Um, It's gonna be night. There's just a rhythm to it that that is soothing because we create chaos and we feel chaos and sometimes just seeing like a soothing rhythm um helps physical exercise is always good um if you're a journaler journaling is always good if you're not a journaler sometimes i found that like i can you know put my headphones in grab my phone and i just cuss into my phone i'll (laughs) say all the things like I pretend like it's an email that I'm writing to this person or to the universe or to whatever has pissed me off that day. And I'm like, I want to and I'll just go. And then later on, it's hysterical to read it because Google gets it half wrong. It puts additional words to what I said. But the thing is, you're in control of not keeping it in. And you're in control of what you do. You can play music, dance, move your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just, you know, when you're in a good mood, make a list of all the things that bring you joy, Mm -hmm. right? It could be things that take 30 seconds, 30 day vacations, whatever it is that bring you joy. Don't do it when you're sad. Like people try to make a, this is what makes me happy list when they're in the throes of pissed offness. Yeah. And you're not going to think of anything when you're happy. Think when you're like, "Yay, I'm having a great day. That's when you make your list because you can actually access all those <laughs> things. And then the list will be there for when you're having a shitty day and you can say, OK, well, I can do this. I can do this. Um, and it's good to have women in your life who hold you accountable, because yeah. when you are having a very low energy day, you don't want to pull out your list. You don't want to pull out. You don't want to, like, go for a walk. You're like, I'd rather sit here and be pissy right now, right? And that's usually when you feel that emotion, tell somebody, um, again, that community to say, I'm having a bad day. Make me go for a walk tonight, right? And then your girlfriends are very good at bothering the heck out of you. Like, so you oh, yeah. Them. You ask them to tell you to do. <laughs> it's so good.
1: Yeah. It's so that important. <laughs> Uh, I remember years ago, there was a colleague of mine who wrote a book and she said there's eight different people that you kind of need or or eight different categories of people that you need in your life and so often what we do is we expect all eight of those categories and one of them is a girlfriend whose shoulder that you can lean on and that doesn't have to fix your problems but that just allows you to vent and no matter what you say it's just at the end of the day that's good you know and and can we be that for someone else and so often we expect that from the one person often our one partner Um, and I remember you know kind of thinking that's so true you know my oldest daughter will often message me mum i don't need any advice i just need to get this off my chest and okay you know and off and i might i always say something I, you can't help that as a mum, just to validate and it's, it's good it's good but it's so important isn't it it's so important and i love the list that you uh, shared with us and uh, exposing, if you will, and, and sharing more around how important it is, not just to look at time management, but energy management. Because often the things that we are struggling with, if we were to do a little bit of a you know, peeking under the covers, if you will, to see, I'm sure it is because somewhere along the line, or in some instances, lots of somewheres along the line, events or things have happened where we haven't best managed our energy and it's led us to where we are today. If people would like to find out more about your work and how to connect with you, how would they do
0: that? Sure. Um, So you can go to my website, erinreeves.com, which has... um the books and information there, um, and my firm nexions You can see, you know, the work that we do. We've also got a lot of resources um, on our on our website as well. Um, the my hope for this book is that it, you know, that, that when women read it, they know don't fix yourself. Like stop, right? Like the, the amount of energy women spend every day waking up and saying, I need to fix this. I need to fix this. I need to fix this. Um, we don't need fixing, right? Uh, we need we need to just feel better. Mm. And um, at the end of the day, if something doesn't make you feel good, stop doing it if you can. And if something feels good, do it for a little bit longer. Um, and it's it sounds silly, but it really is like the number of amazing, beautiful, brilliant, like kind women who wake up every day and are like trying to fix something about themselves. It's heartbreaking to me because they're exactly who's going to save this crazy world. And yeah. there's, they've got everything we need to save this world. And they're busy. Yeah. They fixing
1: you are wonderful just the, the, just the way you are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Shine and um. Yeah, be that for someone else, you know, for yourself and then be, be there as a community, as that support person for others so that they can step forward as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming okay. on the show. I'll Thank you that for that having me. You are so welcome.
0: Bye for Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Take care.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry? while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series.